Welcome to a, a special non-episode of Tuned In Dialed Up, a podcast about podcasting. I'm joined, as usual, by the minitable Will Williams. Pew, pew, pew. Hi, I'm also Gavin. I should probably have said that. <laughs> Hi, Gavin. All right, today's episode's a little bit weird format-wise, because we're not doing a traditional episode. But first, we need to do the housekeeping segment, Radio <laughs> Sound Effects. All right, Will, <laughs> today... I have thrown some names at you. These are the names yes. of our... I, made, I don't know why I'm making this sound like a game show. Today, you have four names to read out <laughs> loud. Uh, we would like to thank our wonderful uh, producer-level patrons on Patreon who are keeping the show going and making sure that episodes get transcribed as well as episodes from the backlog. Uh, I am still doing the transcript from last episode because I had standard docking procedure editing that took a lot of time but uh the transcripts are happening and this one will be transcribed because it's pretty short it should be quicker than pew, pew. the last one pew, pew. so will <laughs> can we can we thank these wonderful people absolutely we want to say thank you to gene alice chelsea and Anne. thank you all so much thank you all and welcome chelsea newest producer welcome chelsea thank you so this week we're not doing a normal episode because life's a bit much. Yeah. So no one told us that life was gonna be this way. There we go. Okay, <laughs> I, I fulfilled it. <laughs> yeah. Um Yeah. It's been wild. Um at least on my end. We've I know we've been dealing with some upsetting things in the community that I don't want to go, go into in depth, but that's taken a toll on us. And I quit my job. Uh, we actually have a theme because you and I both have quit a thing. What did you quit? Oh, I quit that music gig. Oh, good for you. Fuck that shit. For, for those who haven't seen me talk about this or heard me talk about it on podcasts or seen it on Twitter... Um, for the past two, almost three years, I have had a gig writing for music album reviews for a local freely distributed magazine that is in like grocery stores and liquor stores all throughout the city. It, uh, it paid 10 bucks a review and the reviews were 200 words, um, <sighs> which is not great to begin with, but no. then my editor changed the amount of words in a review. So it was 125 words a review. And that's when I found out it wasn't $10 a review. It was a nickel a word. A nickel a word. So he started, basically he changed it not, and it wasn't malicious on his part, but I was under the impression it was 10 bucks a review. So when he was like, okay, so this month I'm going to give you six to, so you can keep your word count. And I was like, that's weird that he's mentioning word count for the first time, but okay. And I wrote six reviews and then I was still paid $40. <laughs> So, um, I did, I did one month of four reviews, so I'm only getting 25 bucks from that, and that's my last check. Uh, I am, I am foregoing writing music reviews, and instead I'm gonna put that time and effort into bringing back my monthly newsletter and trying to do that properly. Not that I think I'll be making 40 bucks a month off of that newsletter, but... But it's, it's a better investment of your time and your energy. Yeah, and I might actually start writing more stuff for actual places as a result. Exactly. Exactly. I know this was always, you know, the music reviews were always kind of a drain on you. Yeah. And that treatment is horseshit. So 
I'm very happy for you. I think that's a very wise and good move. Speaking of wise and good moves, why don't we talk about yours? Yeah, so so it's kind of crazy. Um, I've, I've basically been looking for a reason to leave my day job for like uh, ever. Yeah. Um, my therapist has been telling me to quit for like at least a year. Easy. But I could never justify it because I didn't have any, you know, any other job to go to, basically. Like, I I don't know if I've talked about this too much on TDU, but, like, I have this thing where people keep hypothetically offering me jobs and then at the very last moment yeah. not actually offering me a job. Yeah. Uh, there was... There was one platform that I used to write for that asked me what a job description, like what it would take for me to leave my day job and write for them. Like basically they asked me to write that job description and salary range for them. Yeah. And I did. And and we talked about it and they wound up posting a job with basically that salary, that job description, everything. Um, And then once it was posted, they sent it to me directly, uh, and I applied. (laughs) And then they gave it to some random dude. So, (laughs) uh, and this shit seems to happen to me, like, all the time. Like, it's happened, like, I don't know, five, six times to me. Um, So I just never felt confident leaving my job. Mm -hmm. Um, But... I found out that my direct supervisor, who I love dearly and is, like, the one reason keeping me there, I found out that she was leaving. And it was just a real wake-up call. Like, okay, if she is leaving, like, even she is leaving. She's somebody who's been with, you know, been with the university for a long time and is staying with the university but in a different department. Um, It was just a real wake-up call. And... I came home and I talked to my husband, Zach, who is um, a Virgo, so (laughs) he is a planner and he was a little bit stressed out by, you know, the idea of it, understandably, but was extremely supportive. We looked over finances and realized that with what I am doing freelance, I I cover our rent in a month. Um, And so granted, I'm going to be taking you know <laughs> a few more uh-huh uh-huh um and you know we, I'm, we're going to be making collectively much less than we used to but i'm really excited to have more time to like actually get good at what i do i feel like i'm running at like i'm running at a quantity that is 150 <laughs> percent of the energy that I ha- that I have had so far and a quality of like 30%. And I am excited to basically go down to a quantity of like 60% yeah. of my energy and a quality of hopefully like 70%. You know, like I'm I'm excited for a balance um so that I both can like take care of myself and also just get better at what I do because I'm not having to split my time between this and a day job that is 
extremely emotionally exhausting yeah yeah <laughs> i mean i mean that's basically where i'm at like i yeah i don't really I, i'm only just now starting to do freelance like paid yeah. work and it's it's not a lot of it but there's some of it and what i do do get done is awesome but uh for the past like year and a half it's basically been that split for me where i have a job that uh my my part-time job is weekends right and pays for basically everything <laughs> but i then have five days off to uh try and make podcasting work and it's i mean it's it's not i, I could just quit doing all this and go get a factory job that pays like you know 25 bucks an hour and you're working 80 hours a week and Right. We'd be way better off financially, but uh, I think both uh, Jordan and I would not be super uh, awesome during that, and I would be 0% fulfilled <laughs> as a right. person doing it. Right. Like, so one thing that I've had to work on a lot in therapy is, like, remembering that I am a person who exists now, and I am not just... Uh, a thing that exists to invest in a future me mm -hmm. that is like genuinely very genuinely not a concept i had ever ever considered before therapy so like the fact that i can take care of myself now instead of focusing on well you know a, a steady salary of x amount with why benefits is going to be way better for me in the future and we can save up for this and this and this and this like none of that matters if current me is like dying yeah because like then future me it turns out like won't exist uh <laughs> and on top of that like future me will never exist anyway because when future me hits it will be present me yes and I'll be doing the same thing forever and ever and ever. <laughs> Podcasters, take care of yourselves. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Might I recommend therapy? Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, so. Might I recommend just don't do the bad thing? Don't do the bad thing. Uh, don't be like me. <laughs> That was very sobering, but Will is bearing the lead that the way she told, at least me, I forget where she, where you said this, but the words, what if I McFucking quit, <laughs> were typed out somewhere on the internet. No, that was just to you. I... <laughs> So when when I found out, like literally right after I found out that my supervisor um, was leaving... Uh, I, it was like middle of the day and I went back to my cubicle at office job and, uh, stared at the screen and dis dissociated hard. And we were supposed to record to do that night. And I messaged Gavin and I was like, yeah, uh-uh, <laughs> like, that's not, that's not gonna fucking happen. <laughs> um, and then I literally, I literally messaged, what if I just make fucking quit? And then I was like, you know, and then we wouldn't have to worry about scheduling so much. And Gavin was like, someday with a little sweet smiley. And then I responded, unless. <laughs> <laughs> and Gavin sent back a question mark. And I was like, no, I literally quit. <laughs> so, okay. So yeah. I think that what this means for Tidu is that like, 
good shit is on the horizon for us, I would say. At, like, the, ver- at the very least, we have a pretty good two or three uh, episode talks that we want to do. But, like, there was one before what we were going to do last week that was, like, a little bit more needs a little bit more prep Mm -hmm. and then last week happened and then we're doing Mm -hmm. this today um which by the way for anyone who's listening and wondering like why this episode seems to be as long as it is if it sounds like we're already to the end of the topic (laughs) we're gonna do an extra recommendation during the recommendation section just to kind of like uh tide y'all over and a a little bit of a mea culpa for a, a weird episode this week but yeah yeah also i'm working on our first audience survey Oh, or I mean, and by working on, I mean, I literally just started it like Will doesn't even know about this. (laughs) And now, you know, even though Gavin and I are still in different time zones, it's not going to matter because I'm not going to have to say like, hey, we can't record for 90% of the time that I'm awake because I'm at work. So that will be really nice and really exciting. My last day of work is October 25th. Um, And then from that, I'm fucking free. Oh, Oh boy. Okay. Gavin, do you want to just give some recommendations? Sure. All right. Well, I have a list for once. I'm not just frantically opening my phone and like panicking because a fun behind the scenes tuned in dialed up fact, 90% of the episodes when Will is doing the first recommendation, if it were, if it were audible to hear my thumb on my phone screen, you would just hear while I'm going through 200 shows, being like, what did I listen to? <laughs> First off, yeah. um, I'm, I might write, an, I, this might be like an actual review I'll be writing soon, because I'm just like really loving the show. Uh, Will, have you heard of the podcast She Done It? Yes. Yeah, um, this is Carolyn Crampton's podcast. Yes. yes? Uh, Love Carolyn Crampton. She is wonderful. Carolyn Crampton's podcast about uh, golden age detective fiction and what really sells this show to me. And yes, the most recent episode is about trains, but work with me here. <laughs> what really sells the show, the podcast that unravels the mysteries behind classic detective stories. So it's not just like someone talking about golden age detective fiction, which on its own can be a really interesting show, especially if you haven't read a lot of classic detective fiction like myself. Like, I only read Murder on the Orient Express earlier this year, and that was, like, really good, but now I'm sitting here like, I want, I want, <laughs> I feel like I've read the best one because it's one of the highest-selling novels of all time. Now I want, like, the deep-cut good stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, She Done It is a really good source of that. Hell yeah. It, since it's about the mysteries behind classic detective stories, you're basically getting really good introductory lessons on things that affected the lives of the people writing these stories at the time. So like mm-hmm. the newest episode, episode 23 off the rails is about how um, it not only does it talk about the fact, like the, the basic mechanics of why trains were a very common trope in like, you know, it's a mobile locked room mechanic when you're writing a story uh it traps a bunch of people in a certain place at a certain time it also is it's operating on a strict time schedule so you can have a lot of smartest man in the room moments where someone can solve a mystery by just knowing the timetables really well (laughs) Mm -hmm. but she also talks about like how um you know uk railroad history influenced socioeconomic development stuff like this Mm -hmm. there's an episode called knock knock which I know I realized what it was about 
just by reading that title. And that's the thing that really sells me on She Done It is because if you are someone who listens to a lot of podcasts about things that happen in the Victorian through, you know, like up through into the like 1940s, 1950s mm-hmm. Britain, you probably are going to know a lot about spiritualism. You're going to know a lot about right. like with Knock Knock. I My first thought was the Fox sisters are going to be in this. Right, of course. And it was. It is the episode about spiritualism and how that influenced Mm -hmm. detective fiction. And uh, she mentions the Fox sisters. But the thing that really sells me on this is uh, there have been a couple of times on Tuned and Dialed Up where I've talked about this podcast called Craigslist Curio, which I still Mm -hmm. recommend. And I like and I bring this up because I like the show. But there's an episode where they're solving a mystery about how this one guy has a bunch of retail like. Uh, laundry detergent, shampoo, and stuff like that. Like, he seems to have an entire store right, right, right. in his house. Yeah. And they keep, like, circling around, like, how is he robbing places? Like, they can't figure it out. And I'm just sitting here as a person whose mom extreme coupons and has as much mm-hmm. stuff as that guy does, yelling at the podcast, like, it's great, you And I have, I have no idea if they know and are just pacing it. There is never a moment in She Done It where... The topic is something I am at least pedestrian versed in. Um, and off the rails, like, of course, I knew fucking everything because I'm me. Because <laughs> die. But, like, it, it was more like watching Jeopardy and you know the answers. And it, was, it wasn't a frustrating, like, get to the point. It was like, I, I see we're going with this. And then you, like, either you're right and you feel good or she takes it a slightly different direction and you get something fascinating like in the spiritualism episode this i don't feel like this is a spoiler she mentions arthur conan doyle being kind of the the root person who is really into spiritualism and contacting Mm -hmm. the dead the the focus is mainly on seances so she doesn't even bring up conan doyle's fascination with those fairy photographs that were totally fake but he thought were real which I was sitting there waiting for the fairies to come up. They never did. And I wasn't disappointed by it. Um, it was just like, this is one of the toys from the toy box that doesn't get played with. And I, th- mm-hmm. I think that's the thing that fascinates me. And that's why this recommendation is five times too long. <laughs> <laughs> she constructs a nonfiction podcast that talks about stuff that you have heard on other shows, but presents it through the lens of we're talking about classic detective fiction and how those authors were influenced by it. So even if you're retreading old ground, it's presented in a new way that's fun and fascinating. Also, there are transcripts and the website's good. Just I cannot recommend this show enough. <laughs> yeah, Caroline Crampton is really phenomenal. I I am not incredibly familiar with the mystery novel genre. I have read a lot of Sherlock Holmes stories in my day. It's been a while, but I've read a lot of them. Otherwise, I never really got into the genre. Um, I started listening because I'm just a fan of Carolyn Crampton's work. Um, she is a podcast journalist like Gavin and I are. She writes for Hot Pod sometimes. And I just listen to it because I think that she's so knowledgeable and she has this balance of charisma and just like softness and quietness. Like she, you know, she likes those kind of, um, what, there's like the cozy mysteries. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. The like... That's like a genre, and her uh, her uh, vibe. Uh, keep going. I'm gonna look it up. Yeah, there's like a there's a term for it, and her her voice and her rhythm fit into that feel of that genre so well. 
Um, it's just a really, it's a, a comforting podcast by somebody who really knows what they're talking about and you learn whether or not you're familiar with the genre and it's just nice. It's just a really nice podcast. Okay, so they literally are called Cozy Mystery. That's what I thought. Will, what's your recommendation? So my recommendation is uh, a new podcast that is going to drop in full the day after the release of this episode, so October 9th, 2019. It is by James Kim, who has done just like so much. <laughs> He's done so much. He does The Hiss. He has worked on uh, Strangers via Radiotopia. He does the competition. He's He works at Gimlet. He just, he does so much. He does so much. Um, and his new podcast is actually independent and it is called Moonface. And I have listened to the first two episodes. Um, I got early press release of them and they are just stunning. Uh, stunning. They're so much of what I've wanted in, in fiction for a long time. So Moonface is a, a semi-autobiographical fiction podcast about a man who wants to explain his coming out as gay to his mother. But the problem is that uh, the protagonist is first-generation American, and his mother is Korean, and they do not speak the same language. So there is this really intense language barrier. I'm sorry, he's second generation. Um, and yeah, it's just, it's really beautiful and tender. I, I am a fan, obviously, of you know of like big genre podcasts i love sci-fi i love fantasy mm -hmm. but sometimes i really crave more realistic fiction and more sort of direct emotional honesty versus telling emotional honesty through the metaphor that sometimes genre fiction can offer um this is this is a realistic fiction it feels a lot like gavin do you remember the kind of like indie tender, not quite rom-com, not quite drama, movie boom of the 2000s. Yeah, like, what is it, Nick and Nora's Infinite Playlist kind of situation? I've yeah. never seen that movie. So, <laughs> I love that movie. It's actually one of the inspirations for Valence, really? but it, it, that is a garbage movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, they have a very specific i know exactly like the vibe you're talking about i just can't remember like a title beyond yeah. that right now so so things like uh thumbsucker was one of them juno i would put in there maybe like the royal tenenbaums garden state um it's so funny i'm saying these but i don't like most of these <laughs> movies but i love moonface uh lars and the real girl for instance that like again realistic fiction uh but really beautiful and tender and strange. Um, it uses a lot of pop music, like actual music that he had to go about licensing, which I think is really interesting. Mm -hmm. um, and it's just very tender and it's very beautiful. And it talks about, you know, being, being somebody who, whose family immigrated to the states but not speaking that language um which is 
uh, something I, you know, have, I have a lot of friends who have, who have dealt with this before and, you know, questioning your ties to your heritage when it comes to things like language and also with queerness. Mm-hmm. Um, and Moon, Moonface is just really beautiful. So again, that is releasing in full on October 9th. It is called Moonface, all one word. What's your second recommendation? All right. Uh, so for my second recommendation, uh, <laughs> I need to make a quick clarification. I started listening to the show right around the same time the producer of the show pledged on Patreon as a producer. So for uh, full disclosure's sake, mm-hmm. producer Chelsea makes this, uh, oh. but I still want to talk about it if only because this is there's there are a few things that are my wheelhouse and things i yell about a lot in podcasting and one of which is we need more erotic stuff uh we need to normalize i feel like there's you know there's not a lot of adult oriented content there are several really good shows but um the more the better the more you know accepted we can make this part of this very real part of storytelling Mm -hmm. i want to talk quickly about fuck humans yeah okay yeah yeah go for it so have you tried fuck humans at all no but i've heard so much it's on my list and it's one of the things i'm I'm gonna uh dig into once i am free (laughs) fuck humans is this is going this please stick with me people is deliciously (laughs) fan fiction-y Ooh. okay fun but i'm saying that in the from the perspective of fan fiction from my limited experience is okay. not afraid of taking a trope and doing the things that fit fucking perfectly with that trope. Oh, and yeah. The story does not have to serve the world building. They can work together. And the mm-hmm. trope can be one of the most important parts of the story. In fact, it can be the story. Um, authors are sometimes are, you know, terrified of, oh, you're going to be able to see the building blocks and then you got to. Fuck Humans is one of these beautiful pieces of writing that just is like this is this the elevator pitch of the show is the show yeah (laughs) this is in a fantasy world where demons they're monsters they use the term monsters which is very sesame street-esque and i love it monsters and humans exist uh something happened in this big city so that they built a wall through the middle of it i love lucy style and humans (laughs) live on one side and monsters live on the other and the monsters exist at a Fuck, fuck humans these has these two societies that do not interact and they're not supposed to interact and if they ever were to interact romantically they would be sentenced to death and this is an erotic podcast called fuck humans guess what happens there's so much fucking oh i was gonna ask if they just like went out for brunch i'll bring this up Actually, where I'm at, there hasn't actually been fucking yet, but, oh. but there's so much fuck energy, and there's so much fuck-adjacent <laughs> stuff happening. Oh, no! <laughs> oh, God. It's a good term, okay? And here's and here's the, here's where I truly am focusing on the fanfiction thing. The main uh, Basque, I think is the character's name, I think. The, the main, he's a dragon, Basque, um, hates this he 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 gets to sit in a tunnel with a piece of plexiglass in front of him and on the other side is the human side of the tunnel and they like swap um pieces of technology and stuff by having a like a witch <laughs> i love this like 
uh like the way they move things is they have a witch shrink something down they put it through a little hole in the glass (laughs) and then it becomes big two hours later uh so he has to sit there and deal with this human who he fucking hates but you but (laughs) but at you a person who has been on the internet for more than five seconds can tell that oh Oh, they're gonna fuck. They're they're gonna fuck so hard. <laughs> oh, I I can I can sense where we're going with this one. It, it's great. Um, the first episode is from Basque's perspective. The second episode is from Angel, the human's perspective. Episode three is out right now. Um, it is an interesting take on a erotica podcast in that there is the version that's on iTunes, and then there is an uncensored version on Bandcamp that I haven't. Li- I have not listened to yet, but from what I've heard of the, quote, censored version, I assume the uncensored version has sex foley? Uh, That's the only thing I can think of. Either that, like, maybe there's more sex scenes. Uh, Even even as it is on iTunes, it is very adult. (laughs) There's a (laughs) lot of sexual content. Um, It's just, it's really well written. I really enjoy it. It's, It's a perfect example of, like, something fucking not vanilla boring just romance novel there are good Mm -hmm. romance novels out there but it is not painfully vanilla in its construction i am very excited that this is a thing and i recommend you check out fuck humans nice my second recommendation is one that is like totally pedestrian like kind of podcasts 101 um And because of that, it is a podcast I never really took seriously. Um, But it has been great for me, especially in the last week or so. And that is Slate's Dear Prudence podcast, um, which is obviously the audio version of, you know, the Dear Prudence um, advice column. They are different questions. They have different um, guest hosts. Uh, It's hosted by Daniel Mallory Ortberg, who is fucking fantastic and apparently uh, is hilarious and wrote the single best piece about the Untitled Goose Game ever that I want to read for my whole life. It's so fucking good. (laughs) Um, It's just, I mean, it's, it's a very standard advice column, except that Ortberg is just so good at what he does. Like, he's just really, really, really fucking good at giving advice. And what I what I love is, like, almost every episode, he'll give advice and he'll say, you know, I think this would be a good thing to also bring up with a therapist. Um, and it never feels... I'm not of the belief that telling somebody to talk to a therapist is a way of, like, shirking your responsibility as an advice giver. Mm-hmm. Um, but even if, I, you know, even if I was wary of that, the way that he says this is just so tender and caring and a good reminder that, like, yeah, an advice column isn't going to be your everything. Um, the guests are always really great. It's well-paced. It's either cleanly edited or just honed down to where they get really clean takes. It feels very professional without feeling too glossy. It's just a really, I don't, I don't listen to a lot of podcasts to like, uh, just listen to. Mm -hmm. God, what a fucking statement, but that's accurate. Like usually I'm going into a podcast with big analytical brain and 
This does not merit that, nor does it ask for that. It is just a fucking good, solid podcast that you can listen to and learn without engaging like every single part of your brain. This does not sound like a recommendation, but I swear it is. <laughs> Recently, I dropped the, the three dot because it turns out you only have, need to pay three dollars to host a Minecraft server. Uh, I started a Minecraft server for my Discord, and um, I've been I I've gone back to Pocket Cast's web app mm, mm-hmm, and have mm-hmm. been listening to podcasts like that where uh, it's not necessarily I'm not paying attention, but it's that I can do something fun and have a podcast going and consume it basically i've just been listening to all the episodes of sawbones i haven't, I haven't listened right. to yeah it, it's it's the kind of like comfort content that i really enjoy where you can turn off your brain but not entirely mm-hmm. it is the perfect amount of brain engagement for me to feel like again engaged and comforted and not taxed um I just really enjoy it. So that's that's Slate's Dear Prudence podcast. All right. So uh, we did Sheet on it. We did Fuck Humans. Uh, okay. Um, there's been a huge glut of celebrity podcasts ever since our, our Lord and Savior, Conan O'Brien, revolutionized podcasting. I'm so glad he invented podcasts. I'm so glad that Variety told us he invented, po- he revolutionized podcasts by hosting a goddamn chat show. Um <laughs> Oh, to be fair, his team also wrote an audio drama that's, it exists. <laughs> what is it? Oh, it's bad. It, like, fucking, I can't even remember the name of it, but it's, like, sort of a Prairie Home Companion-y thing about a, um, like, a Dust Bowl farmer's daughter. You already, already, already lost me. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, uh, it has a strong, we have a bunch of comedians in town, let's get them in a booth and let them go nuts kind of thing. <laughs> where you can just feel that they did one take <laughs> and everyone in the booth was like yeah this is hilarious high fives you know we're we're such good comedy writers and then the god. next day you look at all the footage and you're like this is nothing god but wait pe- so wait wait what's your recommendation <laughs> oh, I, I i got off track by making a celebrity joke so there's a lot of podcasts with celebrities this one is about a celebrity who uh gets into brewing uh, craft beers and whatnot, and then goes the next step further and starts making honey wine. Well, I'd like like to recommend to you LeVar Burton Meads. <laughs> <laughs> God. <laughs> and we can cross that one off forever. Uh, th- today, my bonus recommendation is a podcast I've talked about on the show before, and I, I don't think I've actually like recommended it because it's one of the bigger movie review podcasts, but we hate movies is a show that is near and dear to my heart i've listened to it like we hate movies and adventure zone are probably the two shows i have most consistently come back to even though i'm like five episodes behind on taz now uh but we hate movies and taz were things i were listening to i was listening to at my soul-sucking liquor store job so i feel like it's time to bring it up because we are in october and in october uh we hate movies turns into the spooktacular uh which just means basically they change the theme song of the show to something that this baller remix of it's it's dubstep with horror movie quotes over it and i know that sounds bad but it is really good for some reason (laughs) it's it's so good that the fan base like talks about missing this october version of the theme song all year and then 
um when it happens there were like lots of memes about the the, the song is back uh they only talk about horror movies in October, like the four the four episodes in October are horror movies, because of course, um, this year they went all out. They got brand new artwork for the channel last month, and it turned out they also had uh, a, a Halloween version of that artwork. So now the uh, show art for We Hate Movies is like the four hosts, but like one of them is Freddy and one is Chucky and one of them's uh, Mike Myers. Like they're all like really well done artwork they're just it's the 10th season they are the these are movie podcasters who are at their a game there's lots of really good tangents and uh they talked about the friday the, the friday the 13th remake as the first episode <laughs> and uh, the friday the 13th remake that decided that jason can get around because there's a bunch of tunnels under camp crystal lake <laughs> sure <laughs> sure sure why not <laughs> Thanks, Michael Bay. Uh, you turn you turn Jason Voorhees into a survivalist, like loner. <laughs> yep, yep. If you have listened to We Hate Movies and kind of liked them, now is the time to come back. If you've never tried We Hate Movies, now is also a really good time to try it. Uh, yeah, that, that that that's my that's my we hate movies proselytizing for the day. Will, <laughs> what what's your final? Okay, so it's my next recommendation is one that I use a lot to help kind of like meditate. Um, it is almost like uh, like guided meditation mm-hmm. visu- visualizations. Um, the host has this really soothing kind of like kind of crackly, kind of nasally voice, but it's really nice. And he summarizes stressful things from news or life and then guides you through uh, visualizing them as literal objects. And then by the end of the episode, you take that object and you just fucking throw it. Oh my God, You just fucking God, throw that Will. shit. <laughs> hang on, hang on, hang on. Don't, don't say it, don't say it, don't say it. I'm going to write it. I'm going <laughs> to... I need you to know that I didn't do this one, but God, I wish I did. Okay, so while you were saying this, I wrote the I, I wrote this joke in my head to do it a, another one after you said it. So go ahead and say it. It's called Yeet with Me. There it is. <laughs> I was like, I was like, Will's doing a Sleep with Me joke. I'll make a Yeet with Me joke as a as a follow up. Alas, <laughs> alas, twas. Who who submitted this one? Lindsay. 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 Thank you. Thank, Thank you. It was you so, so fucking good. Uh, my actual third recommendation this week is food for thought. And that is not like food, F-O-R-T-H-O-U-G-H-T. It is food, the number four, and then T-H-O-T. <laughs> nice. Food for thought is hosted by... Uh, for queer people, only one of whom is white. Um, it is <laughs> great. Sorry, your cadence on you, you slowed down <laughs> on only one of whom, and I was waiting for a twist. Like, <laughs> oh, four queers, but one of them is a spy. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I want this podcast. Maybe one of them is a spy. <gasps> Who knows? Who knows? No, but only one of them is white, um, which is 
fairly novel, especially for like queer culture podcasts. Um, they are a goofy and very rambunctious group. Um, they kind of they they kind of have the feel of like if the queer eye guys weren't like massively gentrified and centrist. Um, they're they are very political. They are very direct in their politics. They talk a lot about things like consent, um, especially between queer men, and um, you know kink and turn on and turn offs, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, they are so, like, they're so political and so mindful and so, um, like, equity-focused, but with the exact same feel and energy of, like, the goofiest chat cast. Mm. It is lovely. It is so much fun. They are so funny. They, they don't, like, they don't, like take serious things lightly they just are really funny charismatic people and that carries it without making anything feel too heavy it's very cathartic actually in that way where you know they'll talk about things again like consent and because they allow themselves to treat it with respect but also not not push themselves into being um, morbid necessarily. It feels very cathartic because it feels like you can kind of breathe when thinking about these subjects. It's really fantastic. And again, they're just fucking funny. It has, um, sort of the same dynamic and energy almost as like, you know, punch up the jam back when Demi was on. Like, goofy. Big goofy energy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And again, that is called Food for Thought. That's food, the number four, T-H-O-T- the uh, the icon is four differently colored peach emojis. <laughs> it's really good. <laughs> oh, I love it. <laughs> I think that does it for that, for this week. Yeah, that does it. Will where can fi- people find you online to hire you? Oh, please hire me. Um, you can hire me by finding me at Will W Writes. It's W I L W underscore Writes on Twitter. Um, my main site is willwilliams.reviews, will with one L. Um, and yeah, that's gonna be the best places to find me. Gavin, where can people find you on the internet? People can find me at my website, The Pod Report. Uh, I've just installed one of those, um, like pop-up things that happens after so many seconds or whatever, uh, Mm -hmm. to sign up for the newsletter. Uh, the first issue of which should be going out this week. Uh, I don't have like a set deadline on it and I will not put one on it (laughs) until I start like actually making it. Um, yeah, you can sign up for the newsletter there. I have like a pinned tweet at thepodreport.com. I am on Twitter at thepodreport. Uh, and you will find me on discover pods this week. I have written, a thing I've been wanting to work on since spring of this year, but I never got around to pitching. And then when I pitched it, uh, it was approved immediately. And I was like, wow, I should have pitched this earlier. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It is an article about how to listen to podcasts in a car that is not new enough to have Bluetooth integration because uh, I drive for a living when I'm not doing podcast stuff. And there are a lot of gadgets and gadgets and gizmos that uh, some work, some don't. And, it would really suck if you went out on a long road trip with no way to listen to what's on your phone. 
Uh, it is 2019. It's time we stopped having to rely on terrestrial radio. Sorry, terrestrial radio. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that'll... Oh, and if you want to support the show, like our wonderful uh, producers up at the top, you can go to patreon.com forward slash Gavin G. That is where all of my different media stuff is folded in together. Uh, you can support Tuned In, Dialed Up, and all the other things I make. There's going to be a couple outtakes from this episode, which you're gonna, probably going to be like, wait, outtakes from the shortest Tuned In, Dialed Up in a year? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it, ha- it, it known to happen. Yeah, um, duh. <laughs> and with that, thank you so much, Will, for yeah, thank you. dropping by and doing this special update episode god damn it the, the, the raw audio file is gonna be an hour anyway yep we've already made it a full-length episode yep. <laughs> <laughs> all right listener thank you so much for coming along this adventure with us until next time we don't have a catchphrase nope bye, bye. <laughs>